When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the Final Word Cricket Podcast with Adam Collins and welcome to the latest instalment of the greatest season that was series on the magnificent 1999 One Day World Cup. So far in this re-release, you've heard from Harsha Bogley, Andy Flower and Alex Stewart. This time around to a country whose cricketing destiny was shaped by those fateful few weeks a quarter of a century ago, Bangladesh. Aminul Islam, or Bulbul as he's affectionately known, was the man in charge of their campaign, one that vaulted them to full member status within a year of this World Cup. He joined Dan Brittig and Shannon Gill to recount the brilliant story culminating in their stunning win over Pakistan. Before jumping into that chat, a word for our great mates at Seabus Super, celebrating their 40th birthday this year. Seabus are proud to build on their heritage as one of Australia's top specialist fund, providing superannuation and income stream accounts to their members. They're a fund tailored to members' circumstances and needs. Across the last 40 years, with the support of sponsoring organisations like the CFMEU, the ETU and the MBA, Seabus has evolved into a large nation-building fund that invests to create superior returns for its members through investments such as CBUS property. In the coming years, they anticipate the fund, through its commitment to investing in the real economy, will be an active participant in affordable housing and the decarbonisation of the economy, amongst other opportunities in the wider Australian community. For all these reasons and many more, we couldn't be prouder to be riding the CBUS on the final word throughout the course of this Australian summer. Jump on cbussuper.com.au you to learn more, get your super sorted out with them with the usual disclaimer that their superb past performance isn't a reliable indicator of future performance. A quick bit of housekeeping as well. We've done a really good job of getting well over 30 final word runners registered for the Edinburgh Marathon, Half Marathon and 10K on the 25th and 26th of May, long weekend. It's not too late, but it's nudging towards that territory. So if you want to be part of a terrific and special long weekend with the 
the goal of raising £30,000 for the Lord's Taverners. This is your time. You don't need to be a patron to be involved. Just find me on social media or drop me a line at finalwordcricket at gmail.com. Of course, if you wish to be a patron, we'd love you for that. It's patron.com forward slash the final word. All right, on with a fantastic story. Bangladesh at World Cup 99. towards the back of the national sporting consciousness could be grave indeed. Very sad. This to do an interview as we are now. This is hurting like steam. I promise you. You almost make a case for the fact that he probably caught that. Very not. Very not. The greatest season that was presents World Cup '99. I'm Shannon Gill. They were called the Minnows. The non-test playing nations that won their way through to World Cups. Pre-99, Sri Lanka, East Africa, Canada, Zimbabwe, Kenya, the Netherlands and the UAE had all played World Cups without test status. In 99 it was Kenya, Scotland and for the first time ever at a World Cup, Bangladesh. While cricket had been played in the region for nearly 200 years, its popularity in the former East Bengal was limited. The partition of British India saw the region fall under the new East Pakistan. And while popularity did grow, and tests were even played in Dhaka, when Bangladesh declared its independence in 1971 after the Liberation War, the region lost its first-class status, and it started the long journey to grow cricket as an independent nation. This all leads to the point in 99, where Bangladesh, after competing limited one-day internationals for 13 years, qualifies to play in its first World Cup. This was after winning the ICC Associate Trophy for the first time in 1997. After a long journey, Bangladesh were on the global stage. And while its role in the 99 World Cup may have been small, it's possibly the pivotal moment in building a cricket nation. Today it boasts test wins against England and Australia, but a lot can be traced back to 99. Amin al-Islam, or Bulbul, may not be a household name across the cricket world but he was a veteran of Bangladesh cricket by 99 and was charged with the duty of taking his country on to the international stage. He tells us the Bangladesh story and why 99 means so much to Bangladeshi cricket. Aminul, thanks for joining us. Um, I just wanted to first get a sense of when you first played for Bangladesh and where that fits in the context of Bangladesh cricket history. Can you tell us about when you first played and they were playing their first international cricket? Thanks, mate. When I was um, 19 years old, um, I was called to play for Bangladesh um, for the Southeast Asian Cup in Hong Kong, but unfortunately I was standby. 
after that i came here to came uh, selected to play for youth youth world cup for um, the associate level in australia as soon as i went back 19 uh, it was 1988 november we played yep. asia cup it was hosted in bangladesh india pakistan bangladesh and sri lanka i played my first one day international against india in chittagong uh, if you can give us a brief sort of summation of bangladeshi cricket up until that point it it had sort of when independence was declared cricket had to basically start as one entity in in bangladesh didn't it that it hadn't ever done before bangladesh were a very young nation since 1971 but bangladesh's advantage were bangladesh were part of a british colony in indian subcontinent so cricket were introduced long before and when bangladesh were part of pakistan cricket were very popular in bangladesh bang dhaka was one of the international test venue for pakistan and cricket culture were always there through that when bangladesh got independent cricket were um, continue with their uh, solid culture and bangladesh uh, all the district used to play cricket then the very popular dhaka premier league were um, uh, played and very high high quality high intensity cricket then bangladesh used to um, play only international matches against mcc and sometime touring team from pakistan and india was mostly from west bengal and hyderabad deccan blues then bangladesh yeah. started playing um, from 1979 icc trophy which was which was the qualifier for world cup so that was the major, major international event for bangladesh and i have played in 1990 icc trophy in holland 1983 uh, 1993 icc trophy in uh, kenya and um, in 1996 the last icc trophy where we qualified for the world cup in in malaysia so these are the international tournament bangladesh is to regular play bangladesh is to regular play and uh, this was the international pathway for bangladesh cricket so and occasionally bangladesh uh, used to invited for the asia cup um, yeah. and uh, and one australia asia cup which was held in australia in in sharjah in 1990 Were they in particular because obviously those tournaments in the in the 80s and the 90s were very high profile there was a lot of interest and in, you know you getting television coverage I think into Bangladesh by that stage were those matches pretty important for developing interest and and I suppose seeing Bangladesh cricketers on the world stage Yes I do remember that when Bangladesh were first invited to play for um, uh, Australasia Cup it was in uh, again 1990 where Australia New Zealand and Bangladesh were in the same group so we were delighted and we were privileged to play against uh, our views um, um Danny Morrison um, Alan Border uh, not Richard Hadley but Margaret Batch groups so it was Bangladesh um, probably um, that was the uh, one of the most high profile match Bangladesh played in those days but Bangladesh that time whatever the population were 12 million and 120 million 30 million all used to follow those matches so these matches were covered by international television and Bangladesh were like uh, getting Bangladesh were getting popular to worldwide that Bangladesh uh, has a strong cricket team and having this exposure did you notice your own game and the wider game of bangladesh cricket developing as you got these these invitations to play in these tournaments and play in these one day internationals even though you're you're not you're playing them fairly sporadically but could you see 
improvement started by getting this exposure? There were two ways of exposure were there. One was uh, we were waiting for this um, Asia Cup and one Australia Asia Cup and some international matches held in Bangladesh. At the same time, the Dhaka Premier League were very, very popular cricket league where around 50, 40 to 45 Sri Lankan internationals, Pakistan internationals, Indian international, England international like Neil Fairbrother, Richard Ealingworth, Vastam Akram, uh, Sanajaya Surya, uh, Arjuna Ranatunga type. A lot of players there used to come and play in our league. So playing um, occasionally one day internationals and in Dhaka Premier League which was a 50 overs uh, match and we used to play and sharing dressing room with the such legends. So that actually grown Bangladesh cricket uh, tremendously. So playing at domestic cricket very high profile high intensity matches and occasionally playing one day internationals and person, my, for my personal uh, development what I did I came here by my own expense I came here to Australia to play district cricket league for Ringwood and I used to mm. go and many of us used to go and play cricket interna- uh, club cricket in uh, England playing uh, one international occasionally playing very high intensity domestic cricket and international cricket in Australia and, and England that did help a lot to move forward with Bangladesh cricket and I remember that when I was in, a, in my best form in seven years I played only seven one internationals yeah, so it would, in some ways, it's a it's a shame you weren't you didn't get that great exposure at the time when you're at your at your peak, I suppose. But uh, that was a that was the globalization of uh, world cricket that um, not many one international one international were played. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are lucky that uh, after 70, 1971, we were the bunch we actually moving forward. Before that, uh, the cricketers who have given everything to for the country for cricket but they couldn't play many international but we were lucky at least we started playing one internationals do you feel like that process also helped to get you into position for 1997 where you know you were able to to win the associate trophy and and i suppose make that graduation uh, to be well obviously to be having a place at the world cup yes um you know bangladesh were very favorite in uh, 19 um, 83 and uh, 93 ISIS trophy which was held in Kenya and there was a first three team qualified uh, for the from for, from the ICC trophy so we were very upset not uh, qualifying that but we were determined with the na- whole nation and all obviously cricketers and cricket board that we have to qualify in 1997 in which was held in Malaysia so we had a solid preparation and um, that was the start and um, the bunch uh, of group of players we played in 1993 the same group, almost same group we played in 1997 and almost same group we played World Cup and almost same group we played the uh, first ever test match for Bangladesh. So that bunch and determination uh, from the cricket board and uh, people in Bangladesh, that did help us a lot to uh, graduate from uh, associate member to one international and test team. And you had Gordon Greenwich as your coach. So what was it, what was he like to, to work with? Gordon was a very kind man. He was a very people coach and, and a bit of a strategic. Uh, he used to share his experiences. And I've seen that a coach can transform a team through his um, motivation. And uh, he, he know how to motivate players. He was a very good planner. So Gordon's inclusion with the team were uh, a, a big positive effect uh, in the, was in the team. That ICC associate trophy, the final, was a close game. It really went down to the wire, last ball win. What was the feeling amongst that team? Is it is it a real highlight looking back at your career to finally graduate and now qualify for a World Cup? Uh, yes. You know, those days Bangladesh and Kenya were... Um 
like India, Pakistan, uh, like um, Australia mm. and England. So we we had always a lot. I mean, international derby between these two teams, and um, Kenya used to beat us. We used to beat them. So that match was a very a close match because of rain affected uh, match. We had to score a lot of runs. Those days, six runs per over were huge. So that actually um, gave us a lot of uh, confidence, and uh, we played as a unit, and uh, it proved that Bangladesh can move forward. Modern Suji, the running out of the greatest Bangladesh ICC champions, 166 for eight. That was the target. They've got there. Kinder are the bridesmaids once again. And what a day in the history, not only of Bangladesh cricket, but of a nation that is exactly 25 years old. Next test playing nation, you never know. You know, after that, um, when we won the ICC Trophy, Bangladesh government sent us a special uh, chartered plane and we went back to Bangladesh and we had a grand reception in front of a few hundred thousand people. Prime Minister were there. So there was a, there was a celebration uh, for a nation were unbelievable. So you were rock stars in Bangladesh? We were very well known from the do- domestic <laughs> cricket, actually. You know, in domestic cricket, when we used to play our rival teams, uh, 40,000 people used to come and see uh, our cricket and it was in live television local television and radio and uh, hugely brought uh, uh, followed in print media as well cricket were very popular number one sports from long time in bangladesh and again when we won icc trophy we have become little we 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 went up one st- one step ahead as uh, heroes was there a similarly big farewell or reception for you when you left to go to england for the world cup in 99 it was a solid preparation for bangladesh like um, you know when we went to play our first world cup ever before that we one year back, we had a we, we trip and we toured all UK, Scotland, um, Netherlands, Scotland, uh, Ireland, and England. So when we went for 1999 um, World Cup, it was a um, uh, Bangladesh expectation were very high, and we promised to Bangladeshi um, supporters that we will try to win two matches, and we kept our promise. Now at this time, we're. Your team, was there any professional cricketers in your team? Were you professional cricketers or were you amateurs? I, I just want to get a sense of, you know, what this team going over the World Cup to play against all of all of these so, such high-profile players from around the world. Where were you as a player? Were, were you a professional cricketer by that point? Uh, it's actually, it's a very interesting question. Um, we were uh, semi-professional. As I said, the domestic cricket were very high-intensity, very high-quality cricket. And our clubs and used to pay us a good amount of money in Bangladeshi context. Even um, the international players like Wasim Akram to Arjuna Ranatunga, they used to come and play Bangladesh in Bangladesh local cricket just for money because those days worldwide cricket were not um, that money were not available we used to get a good amount paid good amount of money from the local clubs and uh, uh, bits and pieces uh, in from uh, in, in when we used to play club cricket in England so you could say that not professional but we were semi-professional but that was enough for um, continue cricket you were named captain for the World Cup I mean how did it feel I just can only imagine it's 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 the first World Cup Bangladesh has ever played there's a great photograph of all of the captains at the before the start of the '99 World Cup, and you're in it, uh, and alongside it yourself is Brian Lara, Steve Waugh, Wazi Makran, uh, Azaruddin, Stewart, Cronje. Uh, Did you have to sort of pinch yourself to realise you you were standing next to all these legends of the game? Actually, I was overwhelmed. Um... Um, it was in Lords, I remember, and our um, base was in Jamesport. So I had to drive quite a bit from Jamesport to Lords. And um, when I arrived there, I was uh, like a very small cap- 
country, a small cricket country, a very low-profile cricketer. Then what I, I realized when I entered there, we had a meeting for a couple hours and also there were some media conference were going on. But I must admire a gentleman called Steve Waugh. There was like Wasim Akram to Hansi Cronier to Stephen Fleming to Brian Lara, everywhere, Arjuna Ranatunga, Azharuddin, all were there. But a gentleman called Steve Waugh, he was only with uh, myself, George Salmon and Asif Korim. So Asif Korim is from Kenya, George Salmon is from uh, Scotland and myself. So he has spent most of his time with us and he was trying to know how we developing our cricket, how we, what is the style we play uh, cricket in domestically and internationally. And he was giving tips about field setting and when how to attack the teams, how to defend the teams. So he was with us and most of our time were with Steve Waugh. The photo is still um, a, a one of the more of my postcard in my life in my life but I do remember that um, a conversation with the other captains but uh, I really admire and I'm grateful and I always remember Steve Wars conversation with uh, uh, the group of us looking ahead wasn't wasn't quite so charitable in the in the match that you guys <laughs> played against each other but it was significant for you to to feel I suppose welcome among that in that company and, and I suppose to learn we knew Wasim Akram from long time he used to play in our league Arjuna also so yeah um, sharing experience sharing uh, their thoughts uh, they are they are, they were thinking little ahead than us like they they were th- thinking that how they're going to win the world cup and our thinking were how to play better cricket again coming back to steve uh, obviously we have a lot of memories with arjuna wasim and um, uh, other cricket other some of others azaruddin but uh, steve i remember him from he we went to play in uh, six aside cricket in hong kong so where was like mark steve they all were there and from that we started our friendship even when we i need some support like we had a we had a movement against acid throwers so he joined with us and one of the bangladeshi cricket fan had a blood cancer and he wrote a very inspirational letter for him so still i try to continue communication with more all few, few of the captains and that was a start yeah, it's, it's fa- just fantastic to hear that. I mean, uh, it's probably the Steve Waugh public face is, is, is of someone who is very single-minded and focused, but he would that he would you know extend the the hand of friendship in the in the spirit of cricket rather than about winning a World Cup. It, it's it's a, it's a lovely story. Leading into that World Cup, even though you've won the ICC Trophy and you've been playing One Day Internationals here and there for the last sort of ten to twelve years, you've only ever had one win in an ODI. And you talked about the the rivalry with Kenya at this time, and you you had that win in 1998 against Kenya, but there was only one. So going in, you had these you had a goal of to win two matches, but what were your expectations, and who were the players in your team that you thought would be able to to handle that step up in class? Because uh, you know, obviously, you you couldn't expect everyone to perform the the same way they would at at a, at a lower level. I remember that win against Kenya. We uh, did um, it was a Coca Cola Cup in India, Hyderabad. We beat Kenya. That was the first uh, one international victory one big success. We had some senior players um, in our team and some emerging cricketer, emerging players in our team. I must say that uh, Minazul Abedin were there, Akram Khan were there. Um, there's a guy called, um, there were openers like Sharia Hossein and Mehra Hossein, Mohamed Rafiq. We had a play, group of players 
who were a lot of experience in domestic cricket and whatever the Bangladesh ODI played, they were part of it. And some were the some of the them were very emerging, like Mehra Hussain, um, Shariar Hussain. There was a group of good experience and uh, emerging cricketers and uh, most of them performed really well and I was really depending on this um, this group and they performed um, their best. They, we could have played a little better, including me. I must say that uh, there was completely a different league. It took some time to cope up but we could have done well if we could have played some more international matches before this uh, World Cup. You mentioned going on the tour the previous year to the to Britain, but how did you adjust as a team to the conditions, to the the ball swing around yep. the seam, the bounce, you know, all, all those things? Because obviously that's that's the biggest challenge for a player going from from Asia to the UK or, or Australia. Not only that, um, you know, in um, 1997 when we won the ICC Trophy, we had to play continuously two years in synthetic pitch because the uh, the event Malaysia were played in synthetic pitch so synthetic pitch to um, no grass pitch in Bangladesh uh, Bangladesh pitch were uh, very uh, clay 100% clay flat batting track low and suddenly go and play in, in England and I must mention that now it is the wickets even 19 and last 2015 World Cup in Australia, they have changed the wicket for the batters. Even this World Cup in uh, England, it is looks like very solid batting track. But in 1999, it was like 50-50, I must say, not 100% for batting. There was something for the bowlers and the condition. So it was hard to adjust with the condition and pace. I remember when we were playing against West Indies in Ireland, uh, in Dublin, it was the um, coldest day. And, it was, and Ambrose, Walsh were bowling, Dylan were bowling, and it was moving everywhere. So it was very hard to adjust and such competition. So we managed. As I said that we had a pre-tour in England and also before the World Cup we went to there 20 days before to adjust with the condition but it was not enough. It was very hard for us to playing from low bouncy pitch in Bangladesh and go and adjust different types of weekend in England and condition and swing. So it was not easy, but somehow we managed. Did you try anything different in training in the nets in terms of you know guys getting throwdowns from up close? Like what were, yeah. what were you trying in the in the nets? I do remember Gordon Greenwich had a tactics that uh, he used to use mostly two piece ball. So where two piece ball more the swings more, and also I do remember we had a crediting camp um, which is 40 kilometers away from Dhaka, BKSP, which is our uh, uh, institute of sports. So he uh, uh, created some grass pitches, but still it was not same like England. But yeah, we had some preparation and those preparation at least helped us. Uh, Amit, synthetic pitches and, and two-piece balls, this this sounds like the local park cricket that I play <laughs> on, on, on the weekend. But it's amazing that that was the, that was the I suppose, the... the the level below at that point that in Malaysia that 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 competition was played on a synthetic pitch you win on a synthetic pitch and then you are into the World Cup it's it's quite incredible that 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 would happen yeah I must um, give credit to um, cricket board and uh, those group of players who really um, adjusted from synthetic pitch to piss ball to facing Courtney Walsh and Darren Mm -hmm. Goff so <laughs> it wasn't easy even, even I do remember that um, we were playing against um, Australia at Durham and when Maigra did his uh, first over and one of our I think that was just a warm up um, over and the opener were uh, Mehra Hussain and uh, makeshift opener Khaled Mahmood and first over they placed and they said that oh he's okay we can manage him but the next over they're very hard to uh, adjust with the pace and Bradley so, <laughs> so it wasn't easy 
but um, I must give credit to the players. They adjusted at, um, from um, uh, a huge, a huge um, uh, space within a short period of time. That first match, you, you play New Zealand in the first match and, and you, you have a loss, but that feeling of leading your team out onto the field in until its, its nation's first World Cup, I assume the, the national anthem was played. Was it a really proud moment for you? Of course. Um, I do remember, still remember that um, I was stepping out, uh, stepping into the ground with uh, Stephen Fleming uh, to, to go for, went for the coach, uh, toss. And um, I, was, I was hearing the chair from Bangladeshi supporters. Um, I know a lot of Bangladeshi, they travelled from Dhaka to um, East London. And uh, it was um, one of the memorable moments uh, for me. I, I knew that um, this is the f- first and this first will, cannot take anyone from me. And um, it was a history and um, li- now we are playing 7th World Cup. But uh, the first is first. So that moment, uh, I, every moment, it looks like 20 years gone. But I feel that it happened yesterday. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach, you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip, you ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new, you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hi, I'm Matt Renshaw, and you're listening to the Final Word podcast. Going through the tournament, I suppose, to some degree, you perform um, for most of it to expectations. You're competitive, but you know, not able to 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 um, to beat some of the the major nations. I mean, the game um, that you know I, I had an interest in asking about again was that Australia game because. Um, Australia at that point were under pressure and they needed not only to win against Bangladesh but they needed to win and improve their net yep. run rate a lot. So um, were you as a team conscious of that playing against them that they um, you were beating them when they were under pressure and they were trying to get not just a win but a win in a certain way? Uh, one thing we have learned in that day that um, what is professionalism? Um, before the match um, I do remember that they are like friends. And when we were playing inside, um, they were, I, I shouldn't say sledging, but they were not very friendly in the, on field. Um, I, and even uh, we were, we, I learned quickly a few things from them. I was sleep, I was batting, I was fielding on sleep, first slips when our left arm spinner were bowling and Tom Moody were uh, batting. And he was hitting here and there. And I, whatever I learned from Gil, Gilchrist, I gave him back. I said, he's hitting like a farmer. And next ball, <laughs> next ball, left arm spinner, bowling, um, I had 60 fielding and he was hitting over the mid-wicket six and he looked at to me, yes, I'm a farmer. <laughs> yeah, so I do remember those moments. But at, at, as soon as the match finished and I mean, there was because of uh, run rate, they had to finish the match bit earlier and we tried our best to st- uh, stop them. 
uh, end of the match, I remember uh, Shane Warne uh, and some of their players, they called them out players and they, they, in the, to their dressing room and they said, let's exchange our justice, come and uh, talk to us. So that is called professionalism and uh, we learned a few things from them on that day. And you also learned that Steve Waugh, while he might have extended the hand of friendship pre-tournament, he wasn't going to say no sledging. Um, <laughs> he doesn't talk that way, but he's um, very, uh, very. Um, he's a good teacher, I must say. What about, I suppose, that game? Also, you know, you talk about the conditions. Um, that game was a sunny day. Yep. Um, the 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 pitch was on the on the flatter scale yep. of, of things. Like, w- could you see as well as the tournament was going that the conditions were changing? Like the early English summer and things were starting to warm up. Yep, you're right. Actually. Um, yeah, even the warm-up matches we played against Middlesex, um, um, Essex, and Northamptonshire. Uh, that time, the wickets were wicket and condition were very cloudy, swing. It was uh, like overcast. So it started from Chelmsford to Durham. Uh, every day, the wickets were getting better, weather were getting better, um, and we were at adjusting, and our performance also were good, getting better. So yeah, and you beat Scotland in in the game that I guess. Going into the tournament, there would have been a lot of expectation that you know this is our chance to to get some points. Yes, there was the confirm like confirm means um, apart from all the full members, Scotland was the only team we were thinking that we have to win then uh, the to stand ourselves in the World Cup. So we struggled initially, but we won comfortably with a solid performance. Yeah, so that gave us a lot of confidence that yes, we can beat, and that was our second ODI international win. Did you think at the time? To- I mean, the, the guy who at the time for Scotland was a was a star of the tournament was Gavin Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and sort of subsequently, you know, there's a little bit of a, a, a an interesting note in that in that you know that tournament is a jumping off point for Bangladesh to become a Test nation, and it's also for Gavin Hamilton to get into the England Test yep. team. Yep. Uh, yep. Briefly. So, uh, you know, could you see around you, you know, not just Bangladesh, but there are other players emerging who were who were making their their mark. That match, I do remember. Yeah, um, Gavin Hamilton was a solid all-rounder. Both the teams, like we had some experienced player and also as Scotland's advantage were like uh, they could hire some of, not hire, you know, they can take some English players and they took and um, before, when I remember when we played the ICC Trophy qualifier in Malaysia, 97, and when we played 99 World Cup, that's a completely different team. Uh, they had some um, experienced county player on, in, in, on, in their team. So yeah, it was a um, uh, solid competition between these two teams, and uh, and also um, they uh, their advantage where they were playing at home Grange in um, Edinburgh, and uh, they had those advantages were with them, and also in English condition, their fast bowlers were really bowling well, but we managed well uh, to beat them. So you you beat Scotland, and you're now going into your last match of the tournament because other results have fallen. A, a, particular way so you're you can't make it to the super six so you're into your last match and you're playing against pakistan they're going very well and they will ultimately make the final but this this game potentially changes the course of history of bangladesh cricket in some ways but first of all there's a bizarre start to the day which i wanted to find out more about reportedly the morning of this game your coach gordon greenwich is sacked what happened? <laughs> yes, Gordon and I were very close friends, I must say, that uh, though he was like a fatherly figure, um, he was a very good um, teacher, he was a very good uh, manager, 
you know those days um, bangladesh had no assistant coach bangladesh had no fielding coach bangladesh had no um, psychiatrist bangladesh had no um, not much support spin special specialist coaches so he gordon was like a, a, a dictionary he was like he was uh, he was every coach for everything um the evening he was sacked and um, next day we were playing against um, pakistan the last match and do remember that uh, he came to my room with the letter and he said what is this i anyway i would go after a couple of days and his contract is was about to finish in few days time so i said this is not from me my friend but um, let's um, support us tomorrow then he said don't worry i will be with you guys uh, if i am not in the ground but i'll be around and uh, play for your country and um, there was and that time i do remember that uh, some of our senior players uh, mohammad zofiq inamul haq minazul abedin nannu and uh, farooq ahmed they, they they said we're going to retire from international cricket so gordon told me don't follow them you have still lot to give back to your nation and it was a disaster actually but even gordon came for the warm up sessions after that he went off yeah we we missed him a lot but uh, we played for five those four players who declared retirement and gordon so we played for these five basically on that match so there was a lot of there was a lot of emotion there and mixed emotion i suppose about who you were losing and and why no actually there was two groups i must say that one group is the board and one group is coach and players um we had a um, bit argue, bit of argument um with, with the board and uh, gordon was leading um he was for the players um that um you know the match fees and all this thing since we were not professional we were not getting any salary anything from the cricket board so gordon spoke for the players and gordon were with the players so we were with gordon greenwich and board were different so players and gordon were together and we gave more than 100% for that match do you think that Gordon was sacked more for that reason than you know the reason that's been reported in that he didn't necessarily agree that Bangladesh was ready to uh, to graduate to test status. I think it's a very interesting um, uh, question from you. Uh, there are few things. As a coach Gordon's performance where uh, when Gordon joined as Bangladesh coach we won the ICC trophy to qualify World Cup. When Gordon was coach for us we uh, we were playing good cricket. We were learning, we were we are climb climb climbing our ladders very fast we are we are developing our uh, technical tactical mental physical part i could remember easily even the world cup we beat um, scotland so in that point um, gordon's coach as as a coach performance were fantastic and the relationship with the players were really very high um on the other hand what i must say that um, board um, board were thinking that um, why he is playing for the uh, we're playing for the players like when he is is a he was a spokesperson to board that players should get more paid players should be looked after better so actually this is this is the conflict we're going on and um, yeah gordon uh, we we rate him really high we had uh, one more mission for the world cup um, even every after the match every press conference i try to raise that uh, bangladesh should get full membership and uh, is i remember 
when we beat Scotland, and then um, the pre- in the press conference, um, I was little went against Gordon. Gordon was said, "Yeah, Bangladesh is not re- ready now to be a test team because of the facilities, and the first class facilities are not ready as yet. And as you know, that um, Bangladesh um, need to establish four day domestic cricket fast before they go for test match. But I was against Gordon because I said, if we don't get the test status, we won't develop. So if we make our system ready and wait, then it will take another decade maybe. So Gordon were very positive with the uh, with those current situation, uh, but we misunderstood sometime. So you're playing Pakistan in, in this match that becomes such a, a big thing. But for a Bangladeshi cricketer, is a, is a match against Pakistan any different? I mean, the, the, the history of the, of the country and, and everything that goes with that, is it... Is a bang is a Pakistan match a, a something? Is there something more to a Pakistan match for a Bangladeshi cricketer? Yes, actually, um, you know, we were we had a liberation war in 1971. That actually, um, uh, in cricket uh, point of view, that uh, that doesn't affect much and didn't affect much. Um, I remember that um, when Pakistan used to come and play in Bangladesh. And uh, I, I heard from Javed Miadad and also Imran Khan, they used to say that it looks like we're playing at home. So a huge fan base they always had in Bangladesh. But when we were playing each other on field, that was a completely different scenario, completely different atmosphere. They never used to give a single advantage to us. They were very, as I said, that, that um, sledging part, we were um, very high intensity in, in on field. So against, playing, against uh, playing Pakistan was a different feeling for all the players uh, some, with, some, with some regions. Yes, that was um, um, always against playing playing against Pakistan as something else works in, on, on our head. And is that something you would talk to the or did talk to the players about before the game? Yes, obviously, Gordon's uh, leaving. Gordon were leaving. Some senior players they said that they're going to retire. So obviously, they were playing. We were playing for them, and even not only in the World Cup before, also uh, when we used to play one internationals on Asia Cup, we had a different feeling. And uh, not to remembering the 1971, that was different. Friend. But uh, that feeling that uh, we were part of them, now we are not part of them. So that feeling was there always. So to the game itself, um, the batting innings, you, you make 230 or 229 or something like that. What's the, what are your memories of that innings and, and did you feel like you were really in the game? Because re- reminder that this, this is a team that's got Wazi Makram, Waka Yunus and Shoab Akta bowling at one end. These are no... <laughs> No easy beats bowling at you, and and also Shakla and Mustak and Shahid Afridi. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I scored. I remember I was playing well. I got out by Shahid Afridi. That was consecutively five times I got him. He got me out anyway. So um, um, the innings of Shariar Hussein, he scored forty odds uh, against um, all these fast bowlers like Shoaib Wasim and uh, Walker and Akram Khan scored forties. So based on their innings, we scored two twenty three or two twenty nine. So it was those days, it was a good fighting score, but we were happy with the first innings score. But I must say that uh, Sharia Hussain and Akram Khan played a, um, a brilliant innings against those first bowlers and condition. Pakistan bowled quite a lot of wides in their, in their innings. Um, obviously, that already qualified. Was there a sense that their bowling wasn't quite 
on in terms of its accuracy that day? I remember that, um, yeah, there was a last match for, for the group match for them. They already qualified. I didn't see much on that, but uh, I saw the Walker Yunus played there. I think that was his first match in this that World Cup. So he was mm. the only look a bit weaker uh, side. Uh, Azar Mahmood was okay. But yeah, um, I, I, do, I, I can't say about their mental part, but uh, yeah, we, we played when a particular day we played better than them. Khalid Mahmood is, is the hero in your bowl. He takes three for 31 and Pakistan are, are, are in no time are five for 42. Can you tell us a bit about how that all, how that rolled out and what Mahmood was like as a bowler? Mahmood is a very useful um, all-rounder and he's bowling where he was not a very uh, tall. He, he could swing the ball, not very less pace, not very fast. Um, but I must give credit to another two fast bowlers um, who were bowling, which um, Shafiuddin and Niamur Rashid. They were put under pressure. Um, they were very bowling very tight, and Khaled were with his uh, medium fast uh, swing bowling, and uh, he was getting bowling to the wicket and small swings like uh, that with with the tactics. And he was a very good uh, one change bowler. And uh, he, he was in his pick on that day. Do you think he was the sort of bowler who, um, you know, in, in a different universe, I suppose, could have um, had a pretty good career in English county cricket with that style of bowling? Actually, he was a perfect bowler for uh, English condition. Uh, he was um, a useful batter. And also his bowling were like um, not that fast, but he could swing the ball. I remember that after beating Pakistan and next uh, we faced Pakistan in Dhaka, there was a day and night match. We lost that match um, and um, after the match, when number not after the match, when Bangladesh were batting, so when we were six down and Wasim Akram were looking for, where is that guy who beat us? <laughs> we would like to see him. But by, by that time he got out and he went to number three or four. <laughs> And that that the the there's a bit of a you I think have them at uh, eight for one twenty four or something and then there's a a bit of a flurry at the finish where they put on a partnership and, and get to one sixty but the final the final wicket is a run out the uh, the on field umpires go to the third umpire to get a decision. He's gone. It is over. Well, the crowd was right. That's out. Pakistan all out for 161 in the 45th over. Look at the jubilation there. There'll be some celebrations tonight. In the meantime, the crowd invades the pitch. And I'm not sure if it, if it was given not out. I'm not sure what how they would have got all the people off the off the field. It's given out. Um, there's pandemonium. I think you know, there's a lot of Pakistan supporters on on the ground, but there's also a really strong core of. Bangladeshi fans waving flags um, and celebrating on the field w- with the players. Is that is that something you treasure that moment and remember really well? Actually, you you missed one more thing. Um, you know, oh. um, I was in the I was I, uh, the, those days. The security were not that um, uh, serious. Um, they yeah. actually all the supporters they not dig the pitch but they came to the center pitch and they walk on the pitch and it was not a playable pitch so imagine if if that third umpire would say not out then they had to play on a pitch which was not a, a very good condition so, so yeah the, so the we are lucky that uh, when they went out there yeah actually they they went to the pitch also and unfortunately uh, I think um, Northern Cricket Shire, Cricket uh, County, they had to bring a six six piece of stamps because all the stamps were taken. 
So, <laughs> so yeah, so, that decision you, were um, very that, helpful were for... Were they Pakistan fans, you think? Or were they Bangladeshi fans? I think fans all the Bangladeshi were, fans, uh, they have token. And, and uh, yeah, so, yeah, they're... They all were in the on the field and um, they they're walking around and lucky that uh, that was out. Otherwise, probably would have been postponed the match. Play the few fresh match. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what was it? What was it like after after the game and, and that and that night? Like the, you know, it must have been you know given the what had happened the night before and the morning of the game, but then to win the 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 celebrations must have been enormous. Uh, in uh, 24 hours, Bangladesh cricket uh, were changed. Bangladesh um, uh, cricket and uh, understanding height were completely different. I do remember that before the match, before the match day, I had a press conference where some Bangladeshi journalists were there, and I told them that uh, this is our last match. We will try to win. We were not that hundred percent sure, but uh, we have experience. We may beat them, and the next day we won. So in between that twenty-four hours, Bangladesh cricket has changed a lot. Bangladesh got that confidence that they can beat test teams and Bangladesh test status um, Apple got more uh, strong and I, I must say that we had a solid celebration after the match we um, we had um, on, on the hotel a lot of guests came from even European support Bangladeshi supporter who were there a lot of them were there and Bangladesh started believing and now Bangladesh were um, uh, in uh, in world ranking number six seven seven now so because of that first confidence now, you, you talked before about how at every press conference um, uh, after matches at the World Cup, you it was a campaign. You were running the campaign that you wanted to be in Test cricket and you were taking every opportunity. Uh, in, in all the commotion of winning and, and captaining this, this great uh, victory that's so historic really for everyone, you in the press conference you um, are aware enough to keep the message on track about... Being a test play nation, you say, well, we've beaten Pakistan, so we now want to play test cricket. You really capitalise and knew what, what you can get, what this meant for, for Bangladeshi cricket, even in this moment where, you know, you would have been forgiven for just being overcome with what, what you've just achieved. Amanal Islam, captain of Bangladesh, what does this victory mean to you? Uh, this is a great victory for us. This will help us definitely for the test status and the... Um, development in cricket in Bangladesh I must say that um, it was a mission actually mission that um, this is this era this group of players this group of board officials um, obviously we got a solid uh, support from the government as well you know whoever came to Bangladesh uh, uh, in government or in power they always supported cricket so it was a group of uh, uh, people like government to players to board officials to um, um, the cricket lovers in Bangladesh. They all backed up. And we were leading that, um, yes, in this, this period and this era, we have to get uh, to be a full member. And capitalizing all the matches in the World Cup where the press were more active and um, press were more uh, serious about news. So we tr tried to, again, I said, to capitalize the uh, press. And obviously that performance against um, um, in the World Cup, Scotland winning Scotland and winning Pakistan, where um, our um, um, uh, our Apple become more stronger. And um, yes, there were um, some, I guess, rumours or assumptions made about Pakistan and whether the you know whether there was some 
underhanded dealings yep. about you know potential match fixing or spot fixing <laughs> or whatever you say in the game. I mean, given that it was such an important match in the history of Bangladesh cricket, I mean, how do you view that viewpoint being taken by people? I did uh, receive these questions uh, a question before also. Even I do remember we were having a lunch. Um, uh, I was I used to be coach for. University of New South Wales in Sydney and um, one of the lunch um, party late Tony Craig asked me about that also and um, unfortunately that same week Bangladesh beat Australia in Cardiff in 2005 so yeah I had had many times these questions but um, Bangladesh were a very uh, that time Bangladesh were a minos Bangladesh were underdog team and not many fixers or these type of people were never around Bangladesh. But I must say that um, on field, I've never seen anything, but um, we played better cricket than them all that on that particular day. Is that, is that what uh, Tony Gregg thought? Like, what was that conversation like? Tony Gregg said I, uh, he was introducing me, and then uh, he was saying that that was a controversial, not controversial, that win... Uh, well, it's questionable. Then I asked him, replied him back, Donny, uh, last week we beat Australia. So it's not now news coming up from that match also. So you kept quiet. <laughs> he was a gentleman. He was a gentleman. <laughs> Put him back in his place. Good answer. Yeah. You, you mentioned the government um, support. Uh, after uh, the win, there was obviously a huge national, uh, I suppose, um, celebration of what you'd done by beating Pakistan. It was reported that when you arrived home, there, it was a hero's welcome. Prime Minister held a reception and he and promised financial rewards to all the players. Did you get any financial rewards from the Prime Minister? Actually, yes. Even in 1997, uh, those days, um, around, um, I must say, about 10,000 US dollars. And mm. when uh, 10,000, yeah. And when we came back, from World Cup 99, we got uh, uh, 300,000 Bangladeshi taka, which is uh, around 4,000 American dollar, and yeah. um, uh, and um, a lot of other uh, gifts like um, a television, a fridge. So that was good enough for us. So yeah, Prime Minister um, uh, gave us a, again one more reception in in Dhaka, and we had a heroic welcome at the airport. And uh, yeah, and uh, government um, uh, were always supported cricket and still supporting. So, I th- you see the world in world cricket country like Kenya, country like many of the other countries, they were growing and flourishing same way like Bangladesh. But the difference between government support, I'm not I'm, I, like Kenya where they played 1993 in a 2003 World Cup semi-final, but the government were not that active. They were more on other sports. But on the other hand, Bangladesh capitalized their performances and government support was always there. So not only financial help, Bangladesh were helping, government were helping to build infrastructure and other supports as well. And they also helped to keep your food cold by buying your fridge. <laughs> not only that, many, um, I mean, private sector, they offered many um, of uh, gift for, because there was a big, big, um, um, big news for Bangladesh with positive news. You know, those days Bangladesh international news were that Bangladesh got flooded, Bangladesh got hit by cyclones. Mm. There were not of negative news, but the cricket were there, were seven hours positive news. Win and lose then second, but seven hours they used to see positive news, which is to go all over the world. Hi, I'm Natalie Jamanis, and you're listening to The Final Word. As you mentioned before, off the back of that World Cup, and some would say mainly off the back of the 
the defeat of Pakistan, the next year you are admitted to Test cricket. Do you think it was the '99 World Cup? You, you obviously you had this campaign, you had this mission, but do you think what happened at the 1999 World Cup was the the turning point to get the ICC to promote you to Test cricket? A few things worked on that that campaign. Not only that um, 1999 ICC trophy. And also, um, ICC uh, realized that Bangladesh, um, which is next to India, and um, Bangladesh uh, is a 100% fan follower. Uh, government is supporting. It has future. It, it's a, a good international venue. And obviously, um, performance, performance were going better. And we got a good support from the full members, India, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. So it was a group of support were around Bangladesh. And, you know, when Bangladesh got tested, as Bangladesh got enormous support from all the full members. So, yeah, Bangladesh welcomed, Bangladesh were welcomed by ICC and all nine full members uh, to be in the, in the elite group. Fast forward 18 months later and you're playing your first test match against India. But between the World Cup and then you're no longer captain. So what, what, what happens there? I had less a bit of story like um, when I was a captain and Bangladesh got test status, I, I was playing a Southern Premier League in, uh, in Southampton, Portsmouth. I was playing for um, United Services and I was called to uh, Lords by our president, board president that time, Savirasan Choudhury and uh, Soyad Ashraful Hawk. And uh, I went there to see the decision and Bangladesh got tested. So Bangladesh, when Bangladesh got test status, I was captain. But when Bangladesh played their first test match, I was not captain. In between, uh, we went to Kenya to play um, mini World Cup. Then uh, we had a tour in South Africa. Uh, I must mention a gentleman's name, Mr. Ed, late Mr. Eddie Barlow. He was our coach and um, he, he, got, um, he was seriously ill. He had a brain stroke, but he was always with the team with his wheelchair. Um, he is the one who, Gordon Greenwich, gave his uh, rally button to Eddie Barlow and Eddie Barlow made an ODI team to a test team. He not only helped Bangladesh players to get ready for the test match, but he was getting help, helping the cricket board to be a full member. Uh, yes, so Eddie Barlow organized a trip in uh, South Africa and I remember in Durban we scored 40 all out. We played at Peter Morrisburg, 50 all out. So we were really struggling before the test match. And when we came back to Bangladesh, we had 10 days of um, camp. Still, confidence were not up to the mark. But uh, still, um, we, were, we were getting ready to play test match against uh, India at home. So, yeah. So, I was, when the day when I got, uh, we got tested, as I was captain. But when we played the test match, I was not captain. But I promised myself that um, I have to prove myself and I have to um, um, give something back to the country so that determination were there and obviously you personally perform very well in the in the game making a big hundred and and that is you know obviously something that you know that will that will always be there meanwhile former captain Amimul islam was accumulating in more sedate fashion oh and uh, he's got it away that's it that's that's his century this is a wonderful occasion off goes his armor, a kiss there on the badge of Bangladesh, a few words of thanks. Yes, that was the like my signature of my life, you could say that, um, yeah, I was lucky. Um, ball by ball, ball concentration were there, but I do remember, I still think that uh, um, that innings um, helped Bangladesh to score 400 runs. Um, got a lot, lot of support around, like 
my fellow cricketers, uh, coaches, everybody supported me um, enormously. And uh, after 10 years, when people will see that the guy played um, 145, took uh, more than 400 balls, played for eight or seven or eight hours, they would not think anything about this. They would see that this is a very low performance because nowadays the kids they only want to see that uh, 10 ball 50 runs so the way <laughs> the way they would say oh that was innings but very slow <laughs> but but what what they would also see uh is that there's only two other players in in the history of cricket to score a century on their debut and their country's test debut um and one of those is Charles Bannerman in, in the first ever yeah. game of Test cricket. So you're in this rare, um, very rare category of, of of an unbelievable achievement. It must have been this sort of, for all the work you'd done for the preceding 15, maybe 20 years almost of your cricket journey, that it was a, a crowning moment for you. Absolutely. Um, one more um, information we're missing here. Um, recently, the Irish guy, Kevin O'Brien. Oh, of course, uh, Kevin O'Brien. So yes. what happened, um, Kevin, I am not a mentor of him, but we, are, we work very closely. And when he started the test match against Pakistan uh, last year, and I told him, Kevin, try to break my record. And he did. Then I told him uh, he was batting 119-something day one. Then I said, try to break 145, but he couldn't. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, um, yeah, we three, we four, in fact, now. Um, yeah, that was... Um, I, actually, you rightly mentioned that um, played cricket for Bangladesh in that time, around 17 years continuously, for 16 years continuously for Bangladesh. And there was a solid farewell and solid um, reward for me that two Bangladeshi cricketers and world cricket to remember my uh, contribution to Bangladesh. I'm grateful to everyone, actually. Mm. And you look at <clears throat> where Bangladesh cricket is now, say, for instance, winning the, uh, the, uh, the Triangular Series in Ireland yep. immediately prior to the, to the World Cup, uh, and, and I guess the confidence with which the team plays, the confidence with which the team won that, won that final. Like, you, do, you, um, do you feel as though... Um, the 99 World Cup is really the you know the start of of that journey. Yes, um, there was um, 79 where the first international ICC trophy journey where we played um, I think semi final. Then 1996 um, in the next next graduation, and um, then um, yes that 99 World Cup beating Pakistan that was a start, and I could remember that after that we were a bit slow winning slowly. But now, where we are now, um, we, we are hoping that Bangladesh can play semi-final in this uh, in this current 1919 uh, World Cup. So that was the start, and where we are here, and many more to go. Uh, Aminul or Bulbul, as I'll call you, because that's that's what you were known as uh, to teammates throughout your career. Thank you so much for sharing that story. It's a it's a story that probably a lot of cricket fans, are, if you're outside of Bangladesh, don't know. And maybe when we look back on on the 99 World Cup, we we think that Bangladesh were just playing a small role that, uh, and they had this one win over Pakistan, but we don't understand the significance of that win and the significance of being there to really progress cricket in the nation. So thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, and sorry could kept you waking, uh, waking up and, until uh, morning in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> thank you no again. No problems at all. Yeah. No problems at all. Enjoy the World Cup, yeah. 
This is the greatest season that was presents World Cup 99 after what was an absolutely brilliant interview you two fellas did with Aminul Islam or Bulbul as he's known, the captain of Bangladesh at their first World Cup all the way back in 1999. Um, Gilly, to start with you, well first of all congratulations on the interview, I wish I had been on the chat, it was so beautifully done by uh, you and the research that you and Dan did beforehand. Um, the um, one thread that came out of the start of it was that so much of Bangladesh's origin story is actually found in Australia and in the UK in the cricket that they played um, with hardened pros. Yeah, and and us us two being Victorians, uh, I didn't know that uh, Bull Bull played for Ringwood yeah, in, yeah. in uh, district cricket. So there was a lot of that connection, I think. And the thing I took out of it from deep diving into this is that I didn't know enough about Bangladesh cricket. And I don't think any of us in Australia know enough about Bangladesh cricket. I know you're big on this, Colo. Yeah, well, it, it's reflected in the way that Cricket Australia have treated Bangladesh cricket since they became a full member nation. I mean, Dan, you've often before reflected on uh, what was then the ACB's attitude when Zimbabwe became a test nation. We support... I quote, we support Zimbabwe's entry into test cricket in a non-playing sense. Yeah, it kind of says it all. But I mean, I love the fact that and not only the, the idea they played club cricket in Australia, but also that there was the, the Youth World Cup of 1988. Yeah, the 88 World Cup in the Riverland is being known among those, like the journos who covered it and the administrators who were there and the coaches who were there, that it was, it, it was, it was a... a, a a great old time. Uh, plus, you know, the so many of the of uh, the great players to uh, to come, including Brian Lara, was another one who who took part in that one. Got their uh, their start effectively in international cricket. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a tournament with a big legacy. And the ramp up to this, uh, Gilly, it wasn't in a vacuum what they were able to achieve at 99. I mean, the Sharjah tournaments where, especially India and Pakistan, they, they played a role in helping their, I guess, their South Asian brother um, come into the fold. Yeah, it's, that's a really interesting one that because I remember as a kid seeing Bangladesh. What, where, yeah. where did Bangladesh fit in? And they would play in just those tournaments um, and... You know, I, I've, you know, even Australia played against them a couple of times. So it was, uh, you know, whether it was goodwill or whatever, but they they certainly did play a role in, in letting them in and um, gave them this experience. But at the same time, they still hadn't won a, a, an associate trophy by this point. So they weren't necessarily the next the next contender, so to speak. And then they go on and do exactly that, Dan. The ICC Trophy win in 1997. I mean, Akram Khan is the hero of that. I had the great fortune of interviewing him in Chittagong a couple of years ago. He's still an absolute hero because a lot of people identify um, Bangladesh's opportunity. It goes all the way back to that tournament in 97. And, and as, 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 uh, as Bulbul said himself, they were like rock stars when they won that. And, and I think as well, the, the story that, uh, that gets me thinking is that that was their second go at it after the qualification for the 96 World Cup, where they were outright favourites to, to get there and didn't actually qualify. Uh, you know, instead, we, we, we had Kenya, Holland and the UAE, good old uh, Sultan Zarawani batting against Alan Donald in a, in a wide-brimmed hat. So the fact that Bangladesh didn't make it in 96 for a tournament that was going to be played in their region really upped the stakes for 97 and qualification for, for 99 and, and doing it all on th- synthetic pitches, Gilly. Well, that's what I was just going to bring up, uh, Dan. Synthetic pitches. I mean, <laughs> what was going on? Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking back to this time, and that was in Malaysia. And I, I might be wrong, Dan. You'll know this. With the the Malaysian, the the 
what was it, the eights? What was, what was that that tournament called? The, the Super Eights that were played the there in uh, in '96. They, they, were, they were played on a on a synthetic wicket. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I, I just think it's it's fantastic that finally synthetic wicket cricket. <laughs> we we were reminded that it can be the springboard to World Cup glory. <laughs> of course, Shannon Shannon Gill has been a, a synthetic cricketer for the last gazillion years. Um, well, that that I mean. So the Synthay pitchers in Malaysia get them the opportunity, but Dan, when they arrive, it's worth remembering they'd won one one-day international ever before the World Cup. You think about the the yards that teams need to do these days to qualify for this tournament in 2019, the fact that there isn't an associate nation even in the tournament now, but back then um, it, it was a different world completely. It needs to be looked at from two sides. There's uh, the fact that they'd only won one, you know, kind of stands out a lot relative to, say, what a team like Ireland has achieved these days and is not even at the World Cup. But at the same time, there was really no great consistency of opportunity to play them. So they'd played uh, games in Sharjah, they'd, they'd played um, a few tournaments here and there, but it was really a, 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 a drip feed. And, and if over your career as a Bangladesh representative player, you got the opportunity to play, you know, five or ten, that, that, was, a, that was a long and fruitful career at that level. So, yeah, the, the fact that they were, they were coming from so far back, but they also had the foresight to, uh, to to tour England and play games in 1998, get a little bit of a sense of uh, the conditions they were coming up against. And um, I'll uh, once once again throw to Gilly with the, with the two-piece balls to um, adapt to uh, the swinging conditions. Yeah, well, yeah, two-piece balls, as we know, do swing more and, and I don't swing the ball as much as I used to. But but uh, an, another, another seemingly um, uh, rudimentary sort of um, method, but, but hey, that does make sense. Those balls do swing more. Uh, the bit that um, I could tell um, you enjoyed in the interview listening back, Gilly, was when uh, Bull Bull was talking about the captain's photo. And, and, you know, I don't think we expected to hear him speak such lavish words about Steve Waugh and the idea that Steve Waugh essentially pulled him to one side and, and wanted to engage with him and improve their game and give them tactical advice. Well, and it's not to say that Steve Waugh's not a good bloke or a nice oh, bloke, no, such a but, but it, it, the competitor that he yeah. is, and it, it, you can you can just picture this scenario where Bulbul turns up and the, Steve Waugh's there and Hi, I'm Bulbul, and uh, hi, Steve, and and away you go, and he and he starts asking advice, and they have this great conversation. It's a fantastic story, I think, um, but I think the the great kicker on the end of it is that no matter the the fact that they wanted to help them or was happy to help them in the lead up, when it came to playing them. They still sledged them. Yeah, that, that, I thought that was just a that that was just a lovely part, wasn't it? That, that it comes full circle. So they Australia have to win seven games on the trot. They come up against Bangladesh, and then there's Bulbul giving it to Tom Moody, and Tom Moody giving it back in kind because they copped so much in the field. Well, because of course Bangladesh batted first in that fixture, and they copped it so much from Australia when they were batting. They thought we're going to give a bit back here. It may have been if they didn't cop it from Australia, they would have thought. That hang on, we're not getting the true experience of playing against Australia in a World Cup match. That's true. That's true. But, um, yeah, I mean, and Tom Tom Moody apparently is a farmer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're hitting like a farmer. Well, I am a farmer. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. We're trying to talk to Tom Moody for this podcast for a, a later episode. So if, if by chance uh, someone's listening to this and, and, and his mates with Tom, tell Tom to reply to my WhatsApp messages, will you? Um, <laughs> 
they they defeat Scotland at the Grange stand. Not a bad effort considering Scotland, you know, it was a home game. Scotland certainly had, you know, a lot more experience in the prevailing conditions, both exposure via the English county system, uh, playing um, uh, matches in the English one-day to- tournaments as Scotland, uh, and, and also, uh, you know, the fact that they had... Um, uh, one or two players who would who would go on to make a bit of a mark, namely Gavin Hamilton, who uh, you know we, we talk about Bangladesh getting uh, test status out of this World Cup. He got test status out of this World Cup in playing a a, a match for England on their tour of South Africa the following winter. So uh, you know to to have um, that Scotland team uh, there, who also by the way put in a pretty good account of themselves against Australia um, and beat them. I think that demonstrated the. Uh, the way that Bangladesh, given the opportunity and given the chance to improve, could do so and have done so. So you get to the final group game and they know they're eliminated from the tournament. They know they can't make the Super 6. They're playing Pakistan, who at that stage are undefeated Gilly. And kind of all hell breaks loose before the game when when their coach, Gordon Greenwich, who was so instrumental in getting them through that ICC trophy phase, taking them to England in 98, getting them prepared for the World Cup, and then they sack him on the morning of their final group game. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a remarkable segue. It, it does seem a little bit unusual. Um, and clearly there were some disagreements between between Gordon and the powers that be on the board of, of, of Bangladesh uh, cricket. But um, it does seem a little bit weird that the morning of the last game, they could have just waited till the end of that game. But then again, how could they have, if they really wanted to sack him, how could they have sacked him if they beat Pakistan? Well, this is it, isn't it? Because, I mean, they're, they're preparing for the game. He takes the warm-ups, Gordon Greenwich, and then he's given the bullet. I mean, they go out and win the... As far as what Bubble said in the interview, they were they, they redoubled their efforts to win the game partially as, do, a, as a tribute to it for Gordon. So... And that's exactly what they do. I mean, Dan, it's a game that's been remarked upon arguably for all the wrong reasons over the last 20 years. People look back at this World Cup and as a point of controversy, they identify how many wides Pakistan bowled that day, how many no balls they bowled that day. But, I mean, Bangladesh still had to get the job and, done. And I think the, the, the fact that I think we have become much more conversant in years uh, since with teams that had already qualified for the next phase of a tournament, uh, not necessarily... Um, firing on all cylinders for for that sort of a that sort of a game is you know it's it's part of tournament play. So I think that's that's a that's a you know potential I, I think plausible explanation for um for some elements of it. Certainly the looseness of, of Pakistan in the in the field or with the ball. But um, yeah, it's it's the uh, yeah the, the the drama of what happens with Gordon Greenwich, the performance that the Bangladesh put on, uh, the celebrations, the fact that the game. Ends with a ends with a run out that's reasonably close, and um, not only could um, they uh, would they have struggled to get the game back on because the crowd had run onto the ground, they'd run onto the pitch and started wrecking the pitch. So um, yeah, just amazing scenes. Yeah, I mean, let's just go through, let's dig into that a little bit. So had the had the decision gone the other way, which the third umpire adjudicated in Bangladesh's favour, Gilly, because the supporters ran on the field and started tearing up the pitch. I mean, I mean, the counterfactual is the game might have been a no result. Well, the other thing which is really interesting, and I, I, and I don't blame Bulbul for not really knowing what the hell was going on because he was probably running off the field to try to escape what was happening. But were they Pakistan? Pakistani supporters that were damaging the pitch or Bangladeshi supporters that's not clear because on the on the footage there seems to be more Pakistan people running out there or more Pakistan flags out on the field there were a 
big group of Bangladeshi fans as well. But that seems quite quite bizarre too. Yeah. Gilly, is this Gilly? Is this your grassy knoll oh, theory? Look, <laughs> I, 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 no, well, no I, look, I don't think there's any. You can put any um, aspersions over this match at all. It's just another example of a of a you know a, a team lifting after the coach is sacked. It's just not usually on the same day. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they always win after the week after the coach is sacked, <laughs> but this was the same day. To to uh, use a, uh, a a '93 parallel from from last year, um, this is the equivalent of, of Wayne Schimmelbush being sacked in the Fosters <laughs> yes. Cup and North Melbourne going on to have a great year. You know that that's 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 what's happened for Bangladesh. And, and better here. still, doing it against what? Well, I guess you could call Pakistan their traditional rival. I mean, I don't want to be I don't want to be too flippant about it, but what happened in 1971 is one of the most. Well, let's not get too political here, but needless to say, it is a, it, it is not a pleasant thing to read about at all. Um, and the familiarity between those two nations, I mean, as they, as Bulbul explained, a lot of the Pakistan players had had an influence in Bangladesh's development uh, as, as cricketers at Sharjah and beyond. But nevertheless, familiarity bred contempt to an extent because the, the sledging that experienced against Australia was replicated against Pakistan. And the other thing, I, I, they talked talk about the connection between Pakistan and obviously the, everything that had happened in the past in, in a political sense, but the, the cricketing side of it was a different, a different relationship by that t- time. But I was really um, surprised to hear that Wazim Akram and a lot of these guys actually played professionally in Bangladesh yeah. to, uh, to earn money in, in the off-season, which gave me a new sense of, and, pr- and maybe tells me why the Bangladesh T- T20 League is such a draw card and, and is able to attract um, the people, the players it does. Yeah, it definitely colours in a lot of the blanks there, doesn't it? Um, so, I mean, they win the game against Pakistan. It's an amazing triumph. And, and Dan, what happens next is an astonishing turn of events. I mean, Bull Bull is very persuasive throughout the tournament and on message that they must have test status. Gordon Greenwich's sacking, we read in the lead-up to the interview that it was all related, that Greenwich didn't believe they should get test status. At that stage, they weren't ready with a sufficient first-class system, which he explained when we spoke to him. But you take a, a step back from this all. They had won one one-day international um, before the World Cup. They beat Scotland and beat Pakistan. And a year later, they're playing test cricket. The swiftness with which it all took place, I think has as much to do with uh, a very good point that Bulbul raised was, you know, the size of Bangladesh as a potential cricket market. Like, there's no, there's, there's no um, way of avoiding that, that that was something very much in contrast to, uh, say, the, the teams that were, that were also at the 99 World Cup in terms of, you know, even, even Zimbabwe, who um, probably at the, at the peak of their powers in, in 99, there's just no comparison between the size of the cricket viewing audience that's, that's in Bangladesh to tap into if they've got full status relative to a lot of the other associate countries. So, uh, you know, I, I think um, that to me is the, the best and most logical explainer of, of the, the relative swiftness of this. Uh, you know, even even in comparison to to a country like uh, like Sri Lanka, like it, it's it's um, such a big cricket loving nation that uh, it really uh, you know you look at it now and yes the the sequence of events with the Pakistan game and, and what whatever it seems rushed but it really had to happen. 
The lovely postscript to this, and Shannon, you explained in your questioning that he did miss the bulk of the his career, really, before the time they got the chance. But it's lovely that even though he didn't quite make it to the captaincy in that inaugural test match, he did play. Uh, and as he said himself, it was a signature of his life, to use his own words, that he was able to play such an instrumental role in that first match. Yeah, so Bubble plays in, I think, the maybe the, the third or fourth or fifth one-day international that Bangladesh ever play, and then basically plays in all of those matches that they played sporadically through the 90s. You would assume that's probably when he's at the peak of his powers as a player through the 90s. Um, But by the time they hit 99, by the time they hit 2000, he's probably on the, on the, the downward slope. But in that first game, and it's, and it's unbelievable to think of it now that this team has come in off the back of three one-day international wins in 14 years or, or something yeah. like that. They come in, play India, and total up 400 in their first innings in a test match. I mean, it, it's, it, yeah, it, it's, quite, it's quite staggering. And he makes 145 bats for almost nine hours. Uh, it's, it's a huge feat, and uh, it's, it's probably indicative of, of maybe the, how we don't pay enough attention to Bangladesh. We should know this sort of stuff. Cricket fans should know this sort of stuff, but I don't know if we do. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really well-made point, Gilly, that Australians don't know enough about Bangladesh cricket. They've, they've been a country that, and Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they've played one bilateral series in Australia at test level in 2003. I think one one-day series might have been spliced in there as well. Several times they've, been, um, they've had their series in Australia can- delayed, 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 then cancelled. Australia have been to Bangladesh for test matches in 2006 and in 2017, but in between times, for several reasons, those series were, were put off delayed and ultimately cancelled. It's a reminder that um, this is a country that we should pay more attention to, we should have greater respect for, because they bloody love their cricket. And and, and I think we're missing a trick that we haven't embraced them and brought them closer to our, uh, our cricket in our country. I think a reminder that there was a lot of support going both ways from Australia to Bangladesh in a, in a, um, in a developmental sense prior to Bangladesh getting going um, as, a, as, a, um, as a going concern at, the, at test level or full member status, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that that probably hasn't been mirrored, uh, certainly not to the extent that it needed to be in terms of the hard currency of bilateral tours. So, uh, you know, that's, that's something mm. for, uh, for not just Australia, but I think a lot of countries to, uh, to ponder. And, and also that... Um, the, uh, the, the tournament formats of the World Cup uh, over various points of, uh, of history um, indicate that, uh, yeah, the, the current status where they've kind of, you know, pulled, pulled the drawbridge up in terms of, of restricting it to, to 10 teams, you know, really, really does um, rob... Uh, not just the tournament, but a lot of the competing countries of the opportunities to graduate in 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 a um, in a cricketing sense, and and that's uh, yeah, that that's something that um, you know we have to ponder, knowing how different the format in 2019 is to what it was in '99. If uh, if if there's no Bangladesh, and there's probably no Ireland, and if there's no Ireland, then there's no Afghanistan playing Test cricket right now. Everything's related at that lower end. And I mean, Dan, you broke the story last year that Cricket Australia um, declined to fulfil their future tour program obligation to host Bangladesh in Test matches last winter because it wasn't financially viable, or so they said. 
Oh, that was the, the way that um, it was presented to you in your piece, which, again, I mean, if, is, that what it, is that what it's all about? I don't know. I, th- I think we're selling our game short and selling them short, if that's how reductive we can be. And the fact that in the new Future Tours program, which runs out to 2023, Australia don't host Bangladesh in any bilateral series in any format of the game. To be blunt, it's, it's shameful. And hopefully the, the, the more we learn about the history of Bangladesh cricket, the more we can be proud of it and knowing that Australia have had an instrumental role in helping them develop to get to the stage they were in 99. And I think that, that the the way that uh, Bangladesh have developed as a team into where they are at right now is is significant and something that needs to be kept tabs on, particularly in terms of how they perform in English conditions, you know, non, um, uh, non-familiar um, climbs relative to, um, to what, they, what they get back home. And uh, that being a marker, a relative marker um, anyway, for how they would perform in South Africa, how they would perform in Australia, how they would perform in, in, in other parts of the world. And uh, I just look at, um, as we you know, um, mentioned to Bulbul, the, the way that um, uh, the, the, the Bangladesh sealed that, um, that triangular series before the start of the, of the World Cup was really um, you know, pretty... Um, uh, pretty amazing stuff to to watch to um, to see just how confidently they took it on yeah especially when you consider how well the west indies are going in the world cup as we currently record this episode uh, dan there were two other well shannon rather there were two other associate nations playing dan already talked about scotland but kenya was the was the third and yes they weren't successful at 99 per se but a player like steve tickelow got the experience through that tournament of course they beat the west indies in their world cup debut back in 1996 and in 2003 it's a remarkable story they end up in the semi-finals yeah and that's i suppose there's another a whole other thread that we could we could talk about uh, that relates to 99 in that what may have happened in 96 and 99 with kenya then builds and, and becomes what what happened in 2003 which is a very uh, i mean it was amazing at the time and obviously there was other issues which may, may have helped them get there but for them to play a semi-final was was simply amazing yeah, it sure was. Uh, again, uh, that was a, that was one of the most enjoyable interviews I think we've, we've ever done on the series. So I'm thrilled to um, get some serious time there with Aminul Islam, Bull Bull, the great Bull Bull, uh, the first captain of Bangladesh at a World Cup. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Bull Bull. And especially thank you to those who have listened all the way through to the greatest season that was. This is World Cup 99. Thanks for your company. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah.